In Rogers v. Ritchie, 2023, ARC App 288, the Arkansas Court of Appeals considered a second appeal over disallowance of expenditures of a wife for her incapacitated husband, who was her ward. Judge Gladwin explained, quote, This case is before us after we reversed and remanded in Rogers v. Ritchie, 2017, ARC App 420, or Rogers 1. The facts and circumstances of the case were addressed in detail in our original opinion and need not be fully restated here. Barbara Rogers now appeals the April 15, 2020 order entered by the Pulaski County Circuit Court in which the Circuit Court disallowed certain expenditures claimed by Barbara in her capacity as the guardian of the ward, her husband John Collins Rogers, now deceased, as allowable expenditures of the guardianship. She argues that the Circuit Court erred in disallowing 1. One half of the expenditures for maintenance of both the household in which John and Barbara lived and their automobile. Two, all expenditures for property and casualty insurance for the residence in which the ward and guardian lived. Three, all life insurance premiums continued during the term of the guardianship. And four, $912.40 of storage unit rent paid through John's business account. We find merit in Barbara's argument and reverse. In Rogers 1, this court held that the circuit court erred as a matter of law when it disallowed these maintenance of household and automobile expenditures made for the benefit of Barbara without consideration and a determination of whether they were reasonable, necessary, and proper for John's care and maintenance under the rationale that reasonable and necessary expenses for the care of a guardian may be construed as proper care and maintenance of the ward. We reversed and remanded the issue to the circuit court to consider whether these expenses were reasonable and necessary and could be construed to be proper for John's care and maintenance. With respect to these expenditures, the circuit court found the expenditures claimed by Barbara normally would be reasonable and proper for John's care and maintenance. However, it allowed only one half of the amounts claimed for utilities for the residents, condominium maintenance fees, home maintenance and repairs, property taxes, and automobile expenses. In doing so, the circuit court found that in this case there were no assets readily available for Barbara's benefit because there was no evidence before it that John had any income except Social Security and few assets other than what he had taken from his judgment creditors. The circuit court also found that Barbara had agreed to pay or assume responsibility for one half of these expenses and stated that John had no ownership interest in the home and did not drive. Although it is undisputed that two judgments had been entered against John by disgruntled clients, Barbara argues, and we agree, that there is no evidence in the record before us to establish that the assets of the guardianship comprised funds of John's judgment creditors or that Barbara had knowledge of John's unscrupulous business dealings. Also in the April 15, 2020 order, in support of its disallowance of these expenditures, the circuit court found that Barbara, in the stipulated objections and responses, had offered to pay or assume responsibility for one half of these expenditures. We disagree. Barbara's responses to Richie's objections to all such expenditures were that the full amount of such expenditures were properly expenditures of the guardianship and that, alternatively, one half of such expenditures should be charged to the guardianship as John's share. 
Barbara's position with respect to the expenditures was clearly that she was entitled to credit for all of the expenditures, but that if she was not credited with all of the expenditures, she should, at a minimum, be credited with one half. We hold that the circuit court erred in disallowing the expenditures for Barbara's benefit that it found would normally be responsible and proper on the basis that the guardianship estate held funds taken from John's judgment creditors. As guardian, Barbara had a duty to care for and maintain John from the guardianship estate pursuant to Art Code and Section 2865-301-A1. In doing so, Barbara is entitled to credit for expenditures including those for her benefit, that are reasonable, necessary, and proper for John's care and maintenance. Barbara's primary duty as guardian was to care for and maintain John from the resources of his estate, and, if anything is left at the termination of the guardianship, to turn these assets over to the persons entitled to them, pursuant to Section 2865-301. Accordingly, we reverse the circuit court's holding regarding the previously disallowed expenditures in this category and remand for the circuit court to enter an order consistent with this opinion. End of quote. The trial court had also disallowed insurance premiums that the wife paid. Quote, Ritchie concedes that the circuit court partially erred in its disallowance of all the expenditures for property and casualty insurance for the residence in which John and Barbara lived. And although Ritchie submits that the circuit court should have assessed 50% of the sums spent on travelers' indemnity insurance premiums as property and casualty insurance, we hold that the entire amount of the premiums is allowable as an expense of the guardianship and reverse and remand on this issue as well. We hold that the circuit court erred in finding that these premiums should be disallowed on the basis that there is no benefit to the guardianship or John's estate. The policies on Barbara's life would have directly benefited John had she predeceased him because he would have needed those proceeds for his care. Moreover, Barbara testified that John had purchased and maintained the life insurance policies on his life to provide for her in the event of his death and that he believed that having life insurance was absolutely necessary. End of quote. Finally, the trial court disallowed storage unit rental premiums and this was also error. Quote, Ritchie also concedes this point, acknowledging that the storage unit rent of $912.40 was already included in figures that she provided in her accountings and thus should not be a further deduction. Accordingly, we reverse and remand the circuit court's disallowance of this amount as well. End of quote. End of decision.